Okay, I'm, I'm really sorry. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with my um, with my system today. Um, but uh, hopefully this will be the last installment for 9b. But what we were talking about is as follows. If Rabbi Yochanan was talking according to the opinion that says, Laila is mechoserzman, that nighttime is considered premature, and therefore no sacrificial obligations would, f- but you would not, cannot be considered being obligated in a sacrificial offering beginning at nighttime, if he's going according to that opinion that he actually doesn't agree with, then why does he even have to teach us this? This should be an obvious ruling then. So we answer that what are we teaching it for? Really, he's teaching it um, for the first part of that, um, for the first part of that uh, b'risa. The first part of the b'risa, and let's read it in. Um, really, where you need to mention this, um, where, where Rabbi Yochanan's ruling is necessary, is in the case where you saw two times at night going into the eighth day, and one time, I'm sorry, two times during the eighth day, and one time the night before going into the eighth day. Um, and in that case, Rabbi Yochanan said, going according to the opinion that holds that there is no um, obligation that begins at nighttime, um, still said, though, that you will have to bring a sacrifice. Now, that would actually be considered a novel idea because you may have thought that somebody who saw, you know, once you saw, once you saw that first time already on the evening going into the eighth day, that means that you regained your impurity. That means you were had to start a new purification process already before the new sacrifice, before the sacri- first sacrificial offering became obligated upon you, because that doesn't happen until the day during the eighth day. And yet, Rabbi Yochanan says that in such a scenario, you have to bring two sets of sacrifices, um, one in the one because of the first purification process and one because of the second. Um, now, what in reality is the reasoning for this? If you hold that night is premature, is mechusar zman, why would Rabbi Yochanan say that you would still need to bring the sacrifice? Well, the answer is um, was given by Rav Yosef. Um, and Rav Yosef explains this ruling. Um, and this is in a different, this is in a different tractate. It's in Chrysos. Rav Yosef explains this ruling of Rabbi Yochanan that as follows. Yes, you did see an emission prior to becoming obligated in the first sacrifice, the sacrifice for the first part of the the first part of the um, pure, the first purification process. However, when you see that first time, you are actually only considered a much lesser level of someone who sees an emission. And it's not until you see the next day, the two more times, that all of a sudden you become a Zav. Um, so in Rabbi Yochanan's case, where the sacrifice, even though the sacrifice doesn't doesn't become obligated upon you until the eighth day, because the, the, the actual Zav impurity only came upon you once you got to the next day, when you had already been obligated in the sacrifice. So then we would see him as if he was in two different states of Zav, of Ziva, um, and that the first state was finished 
and the sacrifice fell upon him before the second state began. And that's why even though he holds that nighttime is considered premature and not a time where sacrifice would, his sacrifice's obligation would start, still in that scenario you'd have to bring two sets of sacrifices. I know this is very complicated. And that's how we're going to read it in. You may have thought like the question of Rav Shisha Breda Rav Edi in Meseches Krisos, where he says that Rav Yosef's explanation of Rav Yochanan is wrong, and that certainly in that type of scenario you would still not have to bring a sacrifice. Kamash Malan Kid Rav Yosef there, so therefore um, we're being we're teaching here, like Rav Yosef or Rav Yochanan is teaching, um, teaching us. That uh, Rav Yosef's explanation is in fact correct. That's basically what's going on here. Okay, now we're going to get into lighter material. Avar haregel v'lochag. What happens if you um, the festival passed and you never um, brought the chagiga? Avar haregel v'lochag. What do you do? Eno chad So again, the Mishnah says that you are not responsible for it, meaning you don't compensate. You don't. You, once the festival passed, there's no way to compensate. And this is what the Mishnah said. This is the case where King Solomon said that a crooked thing cannot be strengthened and something that is missing cannot be counted. So the first thing we're going to ask is as follows. This, this idea of, it says, a lack cannot be counted. Cannot be counted should not, is not really the right language here. It should be, it should say, a lack that cannot be filled. Ella, so what is this a reference? What's the word counted doing here? Rather, this is a reference to somebody whose friends counted him that they were gonna, he was going to be part of doing a mitzvah together with them. But he would not be counted with them. You also see this in a brisa, this explanation. That you have a crooked thing that cannot be straightened. This is someone who missed uh, or who neglected to say the morning Shema, O or the nighttime Shema, O Shachas, or who neglected to 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 do the morning prayers, um, or the evening prayers, you can never get that back. The Chesron la Himanos, the thing that is missing, that um, cannot be counted, So this is the case of somebody whose friends counted it him to do a mitzvah with them but he did not count himself with them okay now that we're talking about bar and hillel we're going to talk about another exchange between them said to hillel what does it mean when the verse says it says you will return and see the difference between a tzaddik a righteous person and a wicked person between one who serves god and one who does not serve god this is a verse from Malachi, Malachi, or Malachi. Um, so uh, what's going on here? It would seem that this verse is just saying the same thing twice because a righteous person would seemingly be the same thing as somebody who serves God. And the wicked person would seemingly be the same thing as the person who does not serve God. So Hillel said to Barhehe as follows, Avado velo avado ve lo avado. When we talk about somebody who serves God and someone who does not serve God, those both can be completely righteous people. So what, what is this person that doesn't serve God? How is that a righteous person? There's no comparison 
between somebody who um, learns a certain passage a hundred times, and one who learns a passage from the Torah 101 times. There's just no comparison. So Barhe said, And because he did it one less time, he's considered someone that didn't serve God. So Hillel said to him, go, You could go check this out yourself. Go look at the marketplace where the donkeys who can be leased for travel are. Asara parsa You'll find that to lease a donkey to bring you 10 parsas, a certain amount of distance, that's going to cost you one zuz. Where it's just to go 11, you know, just one more, all of a sudden the price doubles and I get to pay two zos. And it's the same thing when it comes to Torah learning. Uh, the difference between 100 times and 101 times is a massive, is exponential difference. Okay? Um, and some say, Eliyahu, Elijah, the prophet, said to Rabbi Elazar, what does it mean when the verse says, Behold, I have refined you, but not with silver, or not in the way that we refine silver, which is with fire. I have chosen you um, to be chosen, I have chosen you. Bikur um, Oni to be um, to have to go through this um, to go through the oven of poverty. Melamed, which teaches us, God, the Holy One, blessed be He, He went through all the good possibilities, all of the good sets of circumstances that He could have given to the Jewish people. And He found that even though it would seem hard to take that the best state to be in for the Jewish people would be to be poor. Because then, uh, you know, that's that's how, that's the, that's the way to guarantee, um, you know, guarantee commitment and faith, I guess, is the basic idea. Omar Shmuel. Omar Shmuel. The Yosef Shmuel. And some say it was Rav Yosef said as follows. Hainu Dharma Inshi. This is what people say. Ya'a an Yusel Yehudai. That... Um, this is actually interesting. That being poor is a lovely thing for the Jewish people. Um, like a red strap to a white horse, right? It's it's a it, it's a nice looking thing. It makes the white horse look even nicer, and uh, poverty makes the Jewish people look even nicer. Obviously, that's a big discussion. Um, we will not get into right now. Okay, we're going to keep on talking about this the crooked and straight. Rabbi Shimon Benasi, Omar Shimon Benasi says, what is, what is this crooked thing that cannot be straightened? It's a reference to somebody that cohabited with um, somebody that is forbidden for him to cohabit with. And to the extent, this is very few people, but to the extent that the child born from it is a mamzer, an illegitimate child. That child, that that there's no way of ever taking that back. Hold it in, low hold it low. Now it seems to be that that um, the the that the emphasis is on some that is on an illicit relationship, or an illicit relation that bore an illegitimate child. But what happens if no one was born? Still, wouldn't that be the type of thing? Wouldn't that be something that you can never take back? It's a crooked thing that you can't take back. That relation happened. Lo hold it low. Uh, Hold it in. If someone was born, then yes, it's considered a crooked thing that can't be taken back. Lo, hold it low. But if you didn't give birth from that, then it can be taken back. But didn't we learn in a brisa? 
Rabbi Shem Benasi Omer, Rabbi Shem Benasi says, Go nev Adam, if somebody steals, Efshir Shiachzar Genovo Vitzakain. You can steal, you can return that which you stole and fix it. Gozel Adam, if somebody robs, Efshir Shiachzar Gizlo Vitzakain. He can return what he had robbed and he can fix it. Aval Haba Al Eshish Is Vasar Labaila. But if somebody has relations with a married woman, which then makes her forbidden to stay married to her husband, he's completely banished from the world and he has to go away, right? Meaning he will um, be going to, 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 to hell probably. I think that's the reference here. Um, so we see very clearly um, that that even if you don't have a child from this, it's considered something that is a mu'uvas al It's a, something crooked that cannot be straightened. So Rabbi Shimon Yochai Omer, Rabbi Shimon Yochai says, "Ain Omer bakru gamal bakru chazir." We don't say examine a camel or examine a pig. Ela bakru Rather, we say examine a lamb. What does this mean? So this is a, a an, an interesting concept, meaning. We're talking about um, we're talking about right now a scenario where we're talking about in the context of, of sacrifices, and what Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai is saying is we never say oh we should examine the ca- the camel or examine the chazir the pig which are non kosher animals that cannot be brought up on the on the mizbeach on the altar so of course we never examine them all we say is bakru tole. Um, it's uh, all we say is examine a lamb, because that's something that can be brought on the mizbeach onto the altar. So therefore, you have to examine it. His point being is that we only only someone that was only something that was once straight can become crooked, but something that was never straight can doesn't become crooked. That's that that wouldn't be what the verse is talking about. And what is the scenario of this thing? Uh, what is this a reference to? Somebody that was once straight and then became crooked. Ve'ezen, who is this? Zetamachacham sheperish min Torah. It's a Torah scholar who distanced himself from the Torah. Any Torah scholar that distanced himself from the Torah, Allah hakasuv Omer upon on him the verse says, Kitzipor nodedes min kina, ken ish noded mi mekomo, like a bird um, wandering from its nest. So too a man who is wandering from his place. That is in Mishlei, that is in Proverbs. The Omer in another verse says, So did God say, What did your forefathers see wrong in me that they distanced themselves from me? Okay. So what we're going to look at now is Rabbi Shimon ben Manasseh had said that just the relation itself would seem to be um, a crooked thing that cannot be straightened. Yet in the Mishnah, um, he added on that it's a case where you had an illicit relation where you also gave birth to a mamzer, um, where you um, gave birth to an illegitimate child. So which one is it? So lo kasha, so we say it's not a question. Where our Mishnah says, where he adds on in our Mishnah that it's crooked, a straightened thing that cannot be crooked, that crooked thing that cannot be straightened, that, <coughs> that's a reference to somebody who was um, who uh, had an illicit relation with their unmarried sister. In that type of case, because she's unmarried, she doesn't become 
forbidden to her husband. So it's not something that's that's uh, that's unpar- that that's irreparable as far as that is concerned, because she she doesn't lose she she doesn't lose the ability to stay married to her husband because she never was married. ish, whereas. Um, in the case of the Bryce, so Rabbi Shimonasia had said that even just with a relation itself, without having a child, it's still considered a crooked thing that cannot be straightened. That was where you had an illicit relation with a married woman. And then it's a crooked thing that can't be straightened because she's not allowed to stay with her husband any longer. V'ibai same, and if you want, I can say, we can answer the question, the seeming contradiction in Rabbi Shimon ben Manasya. Hava hava ish. Both... The Mishnah and the Brisa are referring to a married woman. The Lokashan, there's no question. Khan, in the Mishnah where we said you have to have the child in order for it to be a crooked thing that cannot be straightened, that's Ba'onis. That was where you, uh, that's where the man raped the woman. If a man rapes a married woman, she's allowed to stay with her husband. Um, so therefore, it's not irreparable as far as, as far, you know, it's not irreparable in the sense of, in, in the, the sense of a, of a, of a, of a, specific result insofar as the woman can stay married it only becomes irreparable a crooked thing that cannot be strengthened if if your child was born from that relation kambaratzon whereas here in the brisa that's where um they uh it was consensual and if it's consensual then she becomes forbidden to her husband and there is that irreparable part obviously no matter what it's going to be irreparable but um, as far as these specific ideas are concerned, uh, that's what we are focusing on. Okay, we'll stop here. I'm, again, I'm really, really sorry about the technical difficulties. I will certainly have them fixed very soon.